Goose House. All right, we got a new Big 12 schedule, and we're live to break it down here today at Locked On Cougs. You are Locked On Cougs, your daily podcast on the Houston Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Cougars, daily podcast about your Houston Cougars. I'm your host, Houston-born teacher and coach Parker Angel. Hit to break down all things Cougs. If you have H fan, hate against that by, please be sure to hit subscribe down below. We're welcoming all in uh, new Big 12 haters. Come on into the show and hit subscribe down below for the latest in the Houston Cougars. We appreciate you making us your first listen of the day. Obviously, coming to you a little bit later this afternoon for a live show to go through one by one the brand new schedule release. The Big 12 schedules just came out. We also just hit 500 subscribers. So I want to say thank you to all that subscribe already. We're going to be giving away a Sparkle gift package. I got to talk to people at Sparkle to get that sent out and we'll contact the those people as needed. Thank you all so much to make sure you enter the next contest and get to 750 subscribers. A, we got to get there, say subscribe, and B, got to be leaving comments down below. So d- give us a comment down below. What do you think the Houston Cougars record will be at the end of the season? Once this get, well, now the schedule's out, now you see what it looks like. Um, this is our first attempt at a live show, so I see people kind of rolling in. That's awesome. Uh, there will be technical difficulties and there will be random things pop up, I'm sure. But for now, it's fun to get to talk to you a little bit about the Cougs and football. Before we get too far, I do need to tell you that uh, much like this is our, our first attempt at a live show and it's relatively new. <laughs> this is also a new sponsor, FanDuel. FanDuel is the place to place all your sports bets. It's the number one sports book in America. And the bet I'm telling people to take right now is they've got Dallas Goddard at plus 200 to score a touchdown in the Super Bowl at any time after seeing the way the Kansas City Chiefs played the two dynamic receivers in the AFC Championship game of uh, Cincinnati Bengals. I feel like they're going to treat Devontae Smith and AJ Brown the same way, and I could see Dallas Goddard scoring for sure. So make sure you cash in on that at FanDuel.com slash locked on. All right, so the schedule just came out, and there were a couple of leaks yesterday and the days before about it. So some of it we broke down in this morning's episode, kind of you know preemptively getting ready for this. But uh, let's go ahead and break it down. The schedule has home against UTSA at Rice, which I guess is technically a road game. Houston hosts TCU, hosts Sam Houston State, then let's go across the state to Lubbock to play Texas Tech. No, no bad words about Lubbock now. Um, by week in between there, and then we'd play West Virginia on a Thursday at home. That's a fun one. We'll talk more about that later. Texas then comes to Houston to play at TDECU Stadium. There was a controversy there. That's a home game, October 21st. And they go to Kansas State, to Baylor, back-to-back weeks. Then home against Cincinnati, familiar foe. Home against Oklahoma State, not so familiar foe. And then the road to wrap up the regular season against central florida now what i think is interesting here is in looking at this um across the board i think this is as good a schedule as houston could have hoped for i know there was a lot of people on twitter talking about wanting or not wanting to have oklahoma as well i think it's kind of unrealistic that any new schools the big 12 is going to get oklahoma this year because the cash cow that they were uh because the the gate they bring in the tv revenue they bring in that becomes an automatic primetime game in many ways right um they're not going to like just give that two of those games to all of the new teams and we got Texas and frankly in getting to pick between the two for a number of reasons when we get to that game in a moment I would rather have Texas um <laughs> for a number of different reasons I would rather have Texas but we're gonna start at the top and just kind of work our way down um I'm gonna pro- like throw my initial analysis at wins and losses on there I also have my research pulled up so it might be again this is a live show so I'm going back and forth a little bit but UTSA and Rice right off the bat uh I think Houston's got to win those two games. And like 
not the way that they beat UTSA last season. Um, UTSA last season was a really close game. UTSA ended up having a pretty strong year by the end of the year. And folks kind of, I think, understood why Houston struggled initially after watching it play out. But this cannot be like that, <laughs> frankly. Uh, UTSA has got to, got to, got to be the kind of game that Houston opens up the gates and is like, hey, look, this is a Big 12 football team. Now, they've got a number of different transfer recruits in on the defensive side that should help uh, kind of you know man that up so it's not quite so many new faces over there. And then it'll be our first time to look at Donovan Smith or Lucas Coley in a starting role in a Houston Cougar uniform against live competition. I hope that Houston has picked a quarterback by then. Um, I think it looks like they will have. Um, they'll use spring ball to decide it for sure. But I would imagine you're seeing Donovan Smith run the football some as a dual threat quarterback as early in that game. Um, obviously, that's a little bit dangerous, but there's no reason that you bring in Iman Agavi to change offensive line coaches without shifting scheme a little bit. And Agavi is a much, much heavier run-based guy. And so I think that's going to see out the gate there. And frankly, to prove it, they're going to need to kind of dominate utsa and rice because otherwise it could be a long long season for a fan because if you can't dominate those two games you got a real problem right um so i kind of want to get those out the way really really fast um tcu (laughs) is is the welcome to the big 12 moment now tcu obviously last season 13 and 2 got to the national championship game and while it was the largest defeat in a bowl game not in a championship game largest defeat in a bowl game in uh bowl game history when uh, TCU lost to Georgia, I do have to say that that doesn't necessarily leave me like super hopeful as far as like, Oh, but so they're going to be down, right? That's there's a, there's a little bit of a hangover there. Uh, college football turnover is fairly quick. And frankly, they're also the same football team that got there. Um, when I look at like who's coming in and who's going out for TCU, um, obviously Duggan's a big, big deal, right? Max Duggan, the Heisman trophy finalist. And like he was in tears after they didn't win the national championship game, whatever he's on his way out, I believe, right? He was a senior last season. Um, and so as I look at things this year, they've got some guys coming in. I'm trying to scroll down to the transfer portal guys to be sure. Um, but I would imagine that the truth here is that TCU has got a sunny Dykes built program. And the big thing they've done in the transfer portal, whether it's guys coming in from smaller programs like ECU or big programs like Alabama. And they got a few of those guys too. Guys are transferring back to TCU in a way that I think is uh, worth noting. Like they're, they're reloading right um, now. I, I think it's interesting that they had a qu- quarterback transfer out. Um, so you got to figure out like, what are they going to do with all of that? Um, but I do feel like that's a really good football team. So welcome to the big 12 moment first uh big 12 team to come to tdecu stadium where both teams are wearing big 12 on their chest i'm hopeful but if they drop one to tcu in a competitive thing um i i think i'm okay with that right like first in the big 12 that's again team that's just the national championship if i'm being realistic i want to make sure we're competitive in that game have a competitive atmosphere in that game and that like tdcu is all red no purple and rocking right that that's important to me with a good showing and then if you're playing them close down the stretch and like field goal here goes wrong, field goal there, like those things may happen. This really talented football team for your first year in the conference. Now, if they win that game, they got a stretch here where it could really get nice. Right. And so I, that's why I think the competitiveness there is going to be key because the next week they go up to Lubbock and play Texas tech. And I'm assuming Donovan Smith is the starting quarterback at the university of Houston. I guess I get proven wrong, by Lucas Coley um, this spring. And frankly, I welcome the competition. Let's see it play out. If Donovan Smith is the starting quarterback to, at University of Houston, when they go to play Texas Tech, 
I guess they play Sam Houston State in between there, but I'm assuming that's a win. Suddenly, that's a very hostile environment because he was their quarterback when they beat Houston last year, right? And I don't know if you've never been to Lubbock for a college football game. I've got family out in Lubbock. Um, it's it's a fun place to watch a game because there's not a whole lot else to do. And so if that game is like the night game and they've been sitting around tailgating all day long, that's a very, very hostile place to play. Go back and watch in uh, 2008, fall 2008, Michael Crabtree has the game-winning catch against Texas, right? Um, would have, Texas was supposed to go to the national championship game, da 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 and chokes, right? Um, that game-winning catch, like, for whatever reason, they throw tortillas in Lubbock. The, like, the hoorah of that game, right? They're going to have the same kind of build-up to, like, welcome their transfer-out quarterback, Donovan Smith in to play that game. And that's going to be an insane environment. That's kind of the reason you get into the big 12 from a competitive standpoint is you get to go play in those games. Um, I think on the field, Houston is more talented than Texas tech. Um, We saw the game be very competitive and close last season. And assuming that Donovan Smith and Nagavi fit together in a run game scenario. And as far as scheme goes, like I think they will, I feel fairly confident that that is a close competitive win for the Houston Cougars. Um, and frankly, there's a real world where if TCU is a competitive but doesn't go our way kind of game, that that's the first Big 12 win as a member of the Big 12 Conference for the Houston Cougars. And that's a really, really cool moment for A. Smith and B. Holgerson. Holgerson's coming back around to Big 12 too, right? Um, and I, I think that could be while it's on the road and not necessarily something Houston gets to enjoy themselves, a really, really cool moment. Um, following that, we get a bye week. And I think... Houston needs to breathe in that bye week, and it's a very, very well-placed bye week because that bye week comes right before the Houston Cougars play West Virginia, um, Dana Holgerson's old school. Now, before we talk too much of West Virginia, I do need to remind the folks at home that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, uh, FanDuel.com slash LockedOns, the number one sports book in America. They have all your Super Bowl 57. I can't read Roman. It was at 57, right? All your Roman, all your Super Bowl 57 bets at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Again, if the Eagles, cha- Eagles have channel view zone, Jalen Hurts taking snaps, right? So as long as that thing is two points or less, I'm taking the Eagles to win. That's more or less a pick them. Uh, my prop bet I'm telling you to take is they continue to have Dallas Goddard at plus 200 scoring anytime touchdown. And I just think that's silly he's gonna score a touchdown because the way we've seen kansas city cover teams with two strong receivers they leave underneath guys like dallas goddard as a tight end open uh and we've also seen jalen hurts using very well frankly we've seen jalen hurts use a tight end very well since he was at channel view high school in houston right like i think that seems like a very easy like if philadelphia scores a passing touchdown i imagine it's to goddard uh, so that's going to be my choice for there. It's plus 200. That's the pick I think you got to go with at fanduel.com slash locked on. All right. So as we look at uh, the schedule after the bye week, we get our short week against West Virginia. What I like about this is Houston gets the bye week before the short week. So theoretically, you just have a shorter bye week and then start preparing the Thursday before West Virginia, right? Like it actually works out in our favor. Because suddenly the short week is not, it's like a, a misnomer. We actually had a long week. Uh, we had a week and a half, right, to get ready for West Virginia to come to Houston on Thursday. Now, part of me wishes this were a road game. I know people are going to think I'm crazy, but uh, thir- road games on Thursdays mean fans don't get to travel quite as easily because you got to go to work Friday. Theoretically, you got to take a day off of work. And you take off work to go to West Virginia. How far away? Like West Virginia is the middle of nowhere, all those kind of things, right? But I think this is a very winnable game for the Cougars. Uh, West Virginia is leaving the Big 12, it appears, by most inside information-looking kind of things. Um, they were just 5-7 and seven last season, and their transfer guys coming in 
are not necessarily like guys that had stellar college careers ahead of time. They are power five guys, a lot of them like Penn State. Um, and uh, I, what is this? Uh, they have one guy is at a LSU, right? Like they got guys coming in that have decent pedigrees, but didn't get on the field. The guys that were on the field that are now transferring to West Virginia are like Tennessee State type guys, New Mexico type guys, um, athletes that I'm not necessarily like Houston has seen before, right? Further, there is a lot on the line here for Dana <laughs> in that he leaves West Virginia. Some people would call it a mutual exodus, but he leaves West Virginia to come back and take the Houston job. And now Houston's in the Big 12 before West Virginia gets to leave it and getting to play them as well. Um, worth noting, Houston just got a transfer tight end, uh, Michael Laughlin. He's he's in from uh, West Virginia, so I guess he's on the same boat as far as like having just left. But more importantly, I look at this West Virginia team as a team that was not very good last year and a team that can doesn't look like horribly improved next season. Uh, I have seen a comment saying, which you're not leaving the big 12. There's rumors that like they won't make it the whole TV contract um, because they're kind of in a different spot than the rest of the big 12. Not that it's like as soon as Texas, and Oklahoma, uh, Texas, and Oklahoma obviously leave like fairly, fairly quickly. I think the 2025 dates, the latest um, that all being said, I do think that West Virginia does look to be a winnable game for Houston at home on a Thursday night. And I enjoy the idea of celebrating that on a Thursday night. I just kind of wish it were there because I'm fairly confident they win the game. And I want that moment for Dana. I want Dana to have the winnable game um, all the way out there. And I feel like that's a big moment for him because he got a lot of flack for leaving that job for the Houston job. If you're looking at the, like the wider college football landscape. And I also think that again, I'm fairly confident Houston's winning that matchup this year on a Thursday night. And so it'd be nice to see him like go into the hostile environment and take it away. Um, the big, big game follows that one though. And it is the following Saturday. Uh, so no, Thursday short week, right? So we can actually get a full like, like extra recovery time before going into the weekend. And then October 21st, UT Austin does come to town. Now UT Austin coming to town is a fun one for a number of reasons. Uh, there are controversies surrounding this game because it sounds like reading between the lines on some of the stuff Duarte has reported that there was a big name school that really, really, really did not want to play Houston at TDECU arena. They wanted to play or stadium. They wanted to play at more like NRG or a big time stadium. Um, I read that from the get-go as Texas. Uh, there's been like talk in the last 24 hours that it might have been Oklahoma, <laughs> right? Um, but Texas now coming to TDECU Stadium means Houston won that bet. And frankly, Houston wins that in a way that it sounds like they turned down the larger sum of money, which would have been playing at NRG, to host the game for the uh, program, stadium, fans, student body, etc., Right. Um, I think UT Austin probably thinks they could have like sold a lot of tickets at NRG at a 50 50 split because there's a lot of Texas alums in the Houston area. However, being on campus for U of H is a little bit smaller stadium, but ought to be a whole lot more rocking atmosphere. Um, I think the interesting thing in looking at the Texas game is on paper, Texas will always be forever as long as Houston plays them, as long as I think there's one or two years they remain in the Big 12 and any time to play them after that and any kind of thing. Houston will have a lot more stars next to their recruits' names for the time being. It'll take a while for Houston to catch up in that. But I don't think anyone from Houston is worried about that, right? Like, Houston continues to 
have guys like find like the the tank Dale out of juco kind of guys right matthew golden the local kid we just got mikhail harrison pilot right a four-star like he's continued to find good enough players and we've seen them excel with those guys right in a way that i kind of see the opposite happening ut austin right <laughs> ut austin goes and gets the five-star quarterback and then blows a big lead against oklahoma state right like that's what ut austin does <laughs> and as, as much fun as it is to chuckle at that um this is the kind of game in Houston that's setting up for kind of a midseason embarrassment in a lot of ways for UT Austin. They'll just played Oklahoma, I believe, uh, a week before. If I'm reading this, I can't tell if it's upside down or backside up, but around the same time of year, right? Uh, they come to campus into Houston. And frankly, <laughs> like, I, I just I feel like it's one of those moments where the culture piece matters. And I know that people have their complaints about Dana Holgerson, but the culture piece at Texas has been problematic for a while like going back 10 years at this point they seem to get top end recruits not win any games those guys don't get drafted but then still end up being pros making plays on sunday night football right and so i think this is the game as uh i think uh, steven comments in the post down below that this is the game that houston's got to go take and it's your shot to take one to them because a the idea of if texas is in the conference following season is still up in the air unless and b it's also like, like you're at a spot in your program where assuming Donna Smith is the guy that we think he is. Um, he Texas as the Texas tech starter last season. We know he's capable if we surround him with the right scheme and players, right? He is capable of doing that kind of a thing. Um, I also think it's worth pointing out that like, I'm fairly confident guys like Adari Holstein guys, he pulled down the defensive side to shut down Quinn Ewers. Um, Quinn Ewers is an impressive quarterback. And I don't mean to say that he's not, but I like rooting against the guy with the mullet. And so we'll see how that goes. Um, I, I also think it's worth pointing out that like, okay, UT Austin probably thinks less of this game than Houston does. Right. And I think that's going to play into it in a weird way. A lot of the three and two star guys that Houston finds as like the diamond, the rough types, or even the transfers into Houston are not necessarily guys that got like the opportunity to go, like they didn't get offers necessarily from, I mean, Mikhail Harrison pilot did, but Offers from the Texases of the world where they get to go have the big, luxurious, bajillion dollar locker rooms, those kind of things. That's the chip on their shoulder. I think that Houston will be carrying from now until October 21st when it's time to kick this one off. And I think it's a kind of game where that's going to matter. Um, I know that's a lot of culture talk, not a lot of X's and O's talk. For what it's worth, I do think Sarkeesian's a good coach as far as that X's and O's piece goes. Um, and I do think I'm intrigued to see what Nagavi's defensive schematics look like that just feels like a conversation to be having in october as we build up to the game i've seen it play out a little bit on the season and frankly i also um i think the culture piece is more important as far as this game goes because town on the field i don't like again three stars and four stars versus four stars and five stars i i don't i don't think we stack up on paper quite the same way i just don't think the games play on paper last i checked and i think that's okay for us um after that texas is a tough pair of games against kansas state and baylor and I think Baylor's a gettable one. Um, Baylor was kind of up and down last season, had a bit of a roller coaster last season. If you're looking for another good lockdown podcast, lockdown Baylor with like Drake's a great host over there. Um, and they went, make sure six and seven last season, and they had high highs and low lows. They did play in a bowl game. Um, I I say that that's a good one to, for Houston to get because I'm worried that Kansas State's one they have a lot more trouble with. Um, they're not catching this early in the season like they are TCU, Kansas State people forget did win the conference last season and they have to go on the road to Manhattan, Kansas to do it. Those are all things I think are um, working against Houston in that one. And so 
I, I don't mean to go too, too quickly past that one, but unless Houston is coming off of a couple big wins against West Virginia and Texas, and I'm feeling really good about next year, initially today that Kansas State one feels tough because if they beat Texas like I think they can on, on October 21st, they're not going to come down off that high to like Tuesday or Wednesday of that week, right? And then you got to like gear up and get ready and then go play. And again, that's a really, really good Kansas State football team to play. And they play a really tough, like hard-nosed brand of football up there in Manhattan, Kansas. It's going to be late October. It's going to be kind of brisk and cold and awful weather, I'm sure. Like I, I can just, it's going to be, it's going to be, right? Um, that's going to be a tough one. Baylor the week after though, even though it's in Waco, I feel like we can catch them on that one and get that one, right? And so suddenly we're looking at a lot of wins stacking up here, right? We're bowl eligible with the Baylor win by my account. If I'm if we're winning games, I think we're going to win. The Baylor win would make us bowl eligible, right? Um, yeah. So I I actually it might have been the, the Texas win. Texas wins a 50-50 me, but I think culture counts. So um, I think that that's really, really important for Baylor for to beat Baylor because, like I said, it'll be more of a bounce back kind of win after. I just don't We back. Can you hear me? Awesome. Um, <laughs> so I I feel like I'm if I'm back. Can I get a comment saying I'm back? Um, what I want to say here is that the last three games here, you got Cincinnati, Oklahoma State, and then at Central Florida. Um, Cincinnati feels like one that I, I believe I said, but it might have cut out. Um, Houston is in large part feeling pretty good about because there we go. We said Dwayne says we're back. Um, Houston has to feel pretty good about because the big 12 took Cincinnati thinking it was the kind of football program it was a couple years ago when they were building towards, you know, they made the final, the college football playoff and da, 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 right. Um, 
in looking at their product on the field last, they were good last year, but not that good. And their transfers, I would argue Houston's had a better series of transfers, both because they're both moving into the Big 12. So we're getting a little bit more count, higher caliber type of guy coming in, the guys that wants to play in the Power 5 Conference. But Houston is doing a good job of getting Houstonian kids or Houston area kids or Texas kids to come back to town. And they did that great job with that in their four and five, uh, their four star recruiting. They did a couple got a couple receivers and stuff over the last two recruit cycles. Cincinnati, <laughs> bluntly, is not the same city. And I, I don't mean that to be rude to Ohio or, or whatever. I guess Cincinnati is kind of technically northern Kentucky. Um, but I do think that that matters here because that's kind of the biggest selling point in either school, right? Cincinnati will always have to com- compete with Ohio State up the road just for that. Um, and frankly, there's not like they have to compete with Kentucky just south for the, the northern Kentucky kids, right? Um, Houston has kind of done a good job of, I think, of taking over a lot of four-star recruiting in that, you know, from Katy to Baton Rouge area. Um, and they've done a really, really good job of that. I also think that being familiar with another team like Cincinnati helps here at this point. I also think hosting the game at home helps at this point because going to Ohio in early November could be tough. Um, we also know that if both teams are kind of struggling in the big 12, the home field environment there could be like, Hey, this is one we can get. Right. And I think that that's going to help out a lot. I trust in Dana here. I know people are going to look back at the American athletic conference championship game from a couple years ago. and be like, wait, what are you talking about? Like that was awful. Da, 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 da. Um, but I, I feel confident about the Cincinnati game, especially being in Houston. Oklahoma State's one, when I look at this, oh, God, I have to talk about Oklahoma State, and I don't know what to make of them. And I don't mean like the way Baylor was an up-and-down roller coaster in 2022. Um, Oklahoma State went 7-6 and six and like won games they should have lost and lost games they should have won. And I don't know which Oklahoma State from 2022 is the same one to predict, like to build predictions based off of looking in 2022. Three. Um, I will say in looking at their commitments, they have a lot of like three star kids. So they feel almost more in the same like ballpark as Houston as far as the kids and talent on the field goes. And then when you go to the transfer portal window, guys, um, the big news to them was guys leaving. Spencer Sanders, their starting quarterback, is no longer going to be there. He's moving, as he said, up in the world to go to Ole Miss, right? And to go to the SEC and power to him. Kudos to that. I don't know a whole lot about what their offense will look like without him there. I know with him there, again, it was kind of up and down and the one game that shouldn't have and lost games that should have. So maybe they're more stable by that point in the season. Um, we'll see. Uh, you know, worth pointing out, we mentioned like guys going home when we played West Virginia, the places they'd started before. Uh, Stephon Johnson is a wide receiver coming in the University of Houston. He's coming from Oklahoma State. So he probably has the same kind of moment. I don't know how much the receiver rotation he fits into. Um, it's a really, really crowded and talented receiver room at Houston, but he's certainly in the two deep. And so I, we'll see how that goes. Um, that's all to say that now they wrap the season in Central Florida, in Orlando. And admittedly, if you're going to go on the road in late November, Orlando is probably as good a place as you want to go. Um, this is not the Central Florida team that went like 13-0 or 12-1. and was that, roughly half decade ago? Um, this is more like the Central Florida team, you know, that was kind of middle of the American Athletic Conference, top end of the American Athletic Conference if you want, right? Uh, on offense, they continue to be the same kind of uh, dynamic rushing attack last season. I, I feel like with the D-line continuing to bolster stuff. We just added Jalen Hunt yesterday. Um, and you're adding guys like a couple edge players from Power 5 conferences to kind of get you ready for Power 5 football. I I feel like Houston's set for Central Florida. I do admit that playing a familiar foe on the road to end the season could be not so great. Um, and frankly, the, 
the big thing that has me worried about this one is the way that Houston landed against Tulsa this past season, right? Um, because that should have been a game Houston's trying to win to like get into a better bowl game. And instead, it was a game Houston just came out not ready to play because it was like not great weather in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and they didn't want to be there or whatever, right? Um, that's me reading between the lines. I guess no one's reported that that's why I didn't play so well. But that was my thought there. And so I'm a little bit worried about that one at the end of the season from a like rivalry standpoint and off the field standpoint. But on the field, I think, again, Houston's got as much or more talent and most important spots. Um, and so... We'll see. I guess as long as far as their like transfers go, um, they have one big transfer coming in, an offensive lineman coming in from Alabama. He didn't get much on the field at Alabama, but at a high school, he was a four-star kid. Um, so you know, if he's a road grader type and having a real great season by then, we'll know. Um, but I, I imagine that um, that's a tough one to play, just because they'll be thinking even if they have a rough big 12 season, okay, this is a team we know we can get one same playing field as Houston and it's on the road. It's at their place and into the season. I will say though, as I added, I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm looking at like an, a, an eight win, nine win season. Um, if they win things like the Texas game um, and if they can, you know, I think the Baylor game is tough coming off of a loss against Kansas state because they can't say it's really good. They can win that Baylor game. I think so as well. Um, and then I think Oklahoma state looks down without Sanders there. So I, I'm looking at like a fairly high win season. And frankly, having the ex- exact same amount of wins in your first year as the big 12, as you did in your last year in the American athletic conference, I think is a really powerful move and like a dire- an indicator of what direction the se- the program is heading in. Um, I also think it's worth pointing out that like, I, <laughs> All the home games are at TDECU Stadium, right? Like, that's a big, big thing that we have evidence that they fought for and we see it play out. They're trying to do things the right way as a program. And I think it's the year where you have to kind of like reward the program by going to the games, right? You can't sit here and say, well, I'm not going to go to that game. I'll show up when they play Texas. I'm not going to go to that game. I'll show up when they play Cincinnati. Like, you got to go to Sam Houston. Like, reward the team, right? Reward the team, be a part of it. Um, seven, eight wins, the Big 12, I'll also point out potentially nine. Uh, that nets you a much higher or much higher dollar bowl game than going seven wins in the American athletic conference. And so that leads to more of a showcase type situation at the end of the season and all of those things. Um, We will be breaking all the things down in a much more detailed fashion. Obviously we get the off season and looking at the season more specifically, we get some spring ball football to look at the guys themselves as well. Um, But I also feel like as far as the first initial look goes, this schedule is a win for Houston, a big time, big time win for Houston. That's really, really hard to argue against. Like, unless you wanted Oklahoma to come to town too, and I, I would have told you that was, would have been fool's gold. I think this is as good a schedule Houston could have realistically asked for. They get Texas midseason, but also like at a point where they'll feel good about like where they are as a program. Um, opening up with TCU, I guess if you're going to catch you, might as well try and catch them early. Like getting to play home games against West Virginia, Texas. Like at Tech is tough because it's at Tech. But on the whole, that's not so bad. Uh, any more hot hours as well. We'll do it all here each and every day, plus basketball season, plus March Madness, plus Samson at Locked on Cougs. Make sure you subscribe down below. Subscribe, comment, give a thumbs up. All those good things to help with the podcast. Remember, Locked on Cougs is primarily the Locked on Podcast Network. Go Cougs. Thank you.
March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.